This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics you need to start your investing journey. But if you are joining us for the very first time or at the start of your journey, we do strongly recommend that you go back to the start of this feed and uh, give it a crack from the beginning as it's all in a nice sequential order to get you going and understanding the fundamentals of the markets. If you're feeling brave though and just want to dive in, we won't let uh, that stop you. Here at Get Started Investing, we unpack all the jargon and the confusing bits, hear your investing stories with the goal of making investing less intimidating and along the way, we'll have a very, very fun time. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm good, Bryce. I'm having a very, very fun time. Hope you are as <laughs> As well. well, I said it. Yeah, you did say it. Uh, so we're up to the end of our chapter on assets. Yes. And we've spoken about uh, the different kinds of assets that you can invest in. We've spoken about, I guess, the different characteristics of those assets. Some are growth, some pay income, some are defensive, some are cyclical. Um, and now we're going to put it all together in this episode and talk about how you build a portfolio of different assets. Yeah. Let's rock and roll. Let's do it. So, uh, we don't want to start with the negatives, but let's start a little bit negative and talk about okay. the risks. Um, because when you're thinking about building a portfolio, well, at least for me, when I'm thinking about building my portfolio, I do like to think about, I guess, the risks that I need to be aware of yep. um, because that sort of informs some of the decisions that I make. Yep. Um, we've labeled it asset class correlation here. Let's break down the jargon. What do we mean when we talk about asset price or asset class correlation. A lot of jargon in there. Yeah. So asset class correlation in English just means thinking about the relationships between assets and whether or not they're going to move together or move separately. Mm. So the risk really is that if all of your assets in a portfolio, for example, are following the Australian market, if the Aussie market tanks, then your entire portfolio is likely to take a hit. Yeah, so you could you could build a portfolio that you think is diversified and you're like, I own a whole bunch of different stuff. You could have Australian stocks, you could have Australian bonds, you could have Australian property, you might own your own house, and you could have Australian dollars in an Australian bank. And then ScoMo decides that he's going to declare war on America and all of a sudden the Australian economy tanks. Australian housing prices tank, Australian companies go bankrupt, Australian stock market falls, 
Australian dollar gets worth less. And you felt like you were diversified and then everything went bad. Yes. So that is uh, an example of being too, I guess, concentrated in, in, I mean, that's an extreme example. <laughs> it's, an, it's an extreme example, but it's an example that I think is very relevant for Australians, obviously. It'd be weird if Americans had that. But um, yeah. But I think especially, like, we grew up, we are now living in an era where it's really easy to invest overseas. It's as easy to invest overseas as it is in your home country. But 10 years ago, wasn't the case. Like, I think th- that example was not declaring war on America, but having all of your investments in one country. Yeah. You could make the argument, though, that uh, asset correlation, if you're thinking about the stock market versus directly buying a house, like the prices of the stock market don't move in conjunction with prices of housing, for example. So you could diversify in, in that sense that if the market tanks, it's not necessarily going to lead to your housing market tanking as well. Well, this this leads to the, I guess, the point of this correlation. And, it, and the way that I think about it personally is in terms of risk and like the sources of risk. So you're right. Like for the example that I used is that Australia goes to war and everything goes poorly. And then the risk is that like anything in Australia becomes a problem. But you're right. There's plenty of things where, of things that could happen where one Australian asset goes poorly, but another asset goes poorly. Like if the global stock market takes a fall, you're right. The Australian stock market might hurt. Stock markets around the world might fall, but the Australian property market might be okay. Mm. And so then that's a different source of risk and you don't want all of your investments to be in stock markets around the world to protect against that source of risk. Mm. And so that's how I guess I think about correlation. Um, I think about what are the sources of risk and if something if, if one of these things happen, is everything going to go poorly or is something going to do well in that situation? Yeah. So a lot of jargon there, but I think more broadly what we're trying to get across is that you need to think about uh, how closely related the different assets are in your portfolio and in, if they are too closely related and they're likely to be impacted by the same sorts of catalysts that will change their price, then you need to consider how you can diversify and get access to assets in other areas that might protect you or might perform better when the others turn. And if you don't want to think about it, really the answer is different types of assets. So equities, property, bonds, that kind of stuff, different types of assets, and then in different countries. Yeah. That's really the answer. That is the answer. (laughs) So then the question is, well, how do you build a portfolio with this in mind? So this is this is the I guess the art and the science of investing um, is actually deciding what to invest in and then but making putting it all together into a portfolio that aligns with what you want to get out of your investments and you know in the last the last episode we played that game about you know if I'm a young person if I'm an old person if I'm nearing retirement if I don't know what I'm doing all that stuff implicit in all of those in that game in each of those characters was like a motivation you know the young person's motivation was to grow their wealth as much as possible the older person's motivation was to have income for retirement um and so first of all you got to know what you want to get out of the stock market because or out of your investing in general because then that affects what you buy and how much of it you buy and so we've got some examples just using stocks and bonds to sort of illustrate that. So 
let's say I was in someone who just wanted to get paid every year from my investments um, and I wasn't so worried about growth, but I, I, what I really wanted was um, income. Well, then you would orientate your whole portfolio around things that paid you income. So like bonds, which every year or every quarter will pay you money. So Vanguard have put together this list. This is all US data, but I think it, it illustrates it. So they've basically gone through the spectrum of defensive income portfolios all the way through to the higher growth portfolios. So if I was like, I only want to get paid, I don't care about growth, and I went 100% in bonds because I know they pay me income, your average return, all of these average returns are between 1926 and 2020. Your average return would be 6.1% a year. Not bad. Money in the bank every year. Um, the Of those 95 years, you would have lost money 19 of those years. Wow. So over the long term, that's pretty good. If you get a little bit more aggressive and you go 80% bonds, 20% stocks, your average return goes up to 7.2% a year. And your years with a loss is 16 out of 95. So again, still very defensive. So, you know, if you if you want to be super defensive, if you want to pay and get paid, if you don't want to lose money, you, you think like, all right, what are the defensive assets? What are the assets that, that I won't lose money on? Bonds become a really big part of your portfolio. Let's say you're a little bit open to a little bit more risk and you're like, all right, I, I'm... I can take some risk. I want to see some growth. Then you start going from that defensive income setting to like a more balanced setting. Let's say you went 50-50, 50% bonds, 50% stocks. The average you make a year goes up to 8.7%. So a couple of percentage points better every year. Not bad. You'd take that. But your years with a loss also increases. So then 20 of the 95 years, you lost money. So again, like you'd take it, 75 years you made money um, and your average is higher, but it's a little bit riskier and those 20 years where you lost money would have sucked. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Or if you want to go to the other end of the spectrum and you want to go super aggressive, I guess, let's say you want 100% stocks. You're young, you want to grow your wealth, 100% stocks, forget bonds, I can get paid an income when I'm closer to retirement. Yeah, average annual return goes to 10.3%. So now you're in the double digits uh, per year, which is Love you'd be stoked it. with. But your years with a loss also increases. 25 of the 95 years, you lost money. And the worst year you lost 43% of your money. Wow. Yeah. So I guess that with stocks and bonds, just for simplicity's sake, illustrates how if you if you don't have a big risk tolerance, if you want to get paid an income, you buy assets that are that way orientated. They have those characteristics. But if you, if you want to 
get growth and you're not so worried about your income and you can lose a little bit more money because you've got time on your side, then you orientate more towards growth, which in that example was stocks. Makes a lot of sense. We should include the link to this, um, which is the Vanguard breakdown in our show notes. So we will uh, make a, a note for ourselves to do that. And you can have a read through because it's a, a pretty clear idea of um, the difference between, as you said, when building a, a defensive portfolio versus what it could look like building a growth portfolio and how you might want to think about that depending on where you are at in your investing journey. Mm. So that that was really just using stocks and bonds. There are other assets out there. There are other assets so out there. So what if I want to invest in more than just stocks and bonds? Well, the good news is it can all be done through the share market. Yes. And uh, it really, again, just comes down to what are the goals that you're trying to achieve. So, for example, if you look at some of the ETFs that are out there, um, there's a BetaShares ETF, ETF called a DBBF. It's an ethical diversified balanced ETF. And it has a, you can head to their website, have a look, get some ideas on how they break down their assets. But, um, you know, they're giving exposure to a lot of, uh, I guess, stocks and sectors within that. But then they also have exposure, a 6% exposure to real estate. Um, I'm sure they've got a bit of cash in there. Um, as well as you know, heavy exposure towards uh, various sectors within the stock market, but it, it just gives an, gives you an idea of how you can use the stock market to get access to different assets, and uh, you know the heavier you go on something like real estate or bonds, the more defensive it might become. Hmm. Um, so it really becomes a personal thing at this at this point in time. Yeah. So I think there's. There's like all in one portfolios that you can buy. So like that example you gave or, you know, Vanguard have their like diversified high growth index. Um, there's a bunch of others where they do the work for you and they buy a little bit of real estate, a little bit of bonds, a little bit of, you know, well, a lot generally of stock market, um, have a bit of cash and all you need to do is buy one thing and it's like a ready-made portfolio and you find the portfolio that fits your risk appetite. If you want a really defensive one, they have really defensive ones that will pay income. Or if you want a more aggressive growth one, they'll have that. So there's like the all-in-one ready-made portfolio for you just to buy off the shelf. And BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, BetaShares, Vanek, they'll all have them, ETF securities. Um, so you can look that way. Then the other way, if you want to do it through the stock market yourself, is you can say, all right, well, there's a gold ETF that I can buy and I might make that 5% of my portfolio because I want to you know, protect against inflation. Or there's property REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, which I can buy on the share market and that will give me some exposure to property. And property is in the sort of the middle of the growth and the income spectrum where it price grows in australia it's price grows uh, unbelievably um but it also can pay an income and it's a little bit more defensive um because it's not gonna fall as much at least historically um so then i might say well 10 percent of my portfolio i want to buy rates um so there's you can either buy like a ready-made off-the-shelf pre-prepared jesus pre-prepared <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try that again. Um, portfolio, 
or you can do it yourself, but you can do it yourself all through the share market. Yeah. Either one, the question is, what's the allocation based on what I want to get out of this and how much risk I'm willing to take? Yeah. And no one can give you a right answer. I think that's the main thing. So don't get freaked. Except a financial advisor, I guess. Yeah. So don't get freaked out by thinking that you need to do all of this. You might just want to go all stocks and stocks only and that's fine. And, and you can, you'll figure out what is right for you over a long period of time. So yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a ultimately unfulfilling end to the series for us to say no one can give you a right answer. And we recognize that, but it is just the fact of the matter that it's personal. Yeah. Very personal. So speaking of personal, let's take an ad break and then talk about your asset allocation. Sure. All right. So let's, uh, you know, we can't, we can't say one size fits all, but um, we can talk about our personal experiences. How do you think about uh building a portfolio of different assets? I've got a long period of time in ahead of me to build a portfolio. So for me, there's really no point going too defensive at this stage in my investing journey. So I'm very much trying to build a growth portfolio. I'm not interested in getting an income from it right now. So I'm not investing in, in uh, assets that are geared towards generating income. Um, so therefore, I am primarily stocks. Uh, I do have small exposure through the stock market to some real estate investment trusts. I do have some small exposure to infrastructure and commodities. And I do have some small exposure to cryptocurrency. But broadly speaking, well over 95% of my portfolio, maybe not now with cryptocurrency, but um, a broad part of my, a large part, part of my portfolio is in stocks that are I believe are going to give me great capital growth or increase in the money that I put in in value over a long period of time. And in terms of cryptocurrency, how do you think about that? Do you think about that as like a defensive play? Do you think about that as an income play? Do you think about that as a growth play? I think about that as a you could lose this all play and buy everywhere. Uh, If it gets too overweight, I'm out redirected into stocks. Um, But it's a growth play. Absolutely. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's a speculative it's, growth play. It's like top of the risk curve, most risky, but potentially most lucrative. But like it could go to zero. There's a high percentage chance it may go to zero, but I want to get rich quick and buy that Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that, yes. What about yours? So I, I looked at, I did a portfolio review recently. So I've got some numbers here. So... Same as you, aggressive growth. For me, like I am earning a salary, I can keep the lights on. For me, investing is not about paying myself an income to to live. It's about setting myself, my future self up. So I am growth and I'm aggressive growth. Uh, I've got 3% in cash. I've got uh, 5% in fixed income. Um, and I've got 3% in precious metal. Everything else is stocks and a little bit in crypto. Gee. Yeah. I think I'm about 30% cash at the moment. Wow. Yeah. Bearish. It's probably smart. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm just thinking about what to do with it, to be honest. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah. yeah nice. Aggressive. Aggressive. I like it. Love to see it. So we just spoke about uh, our personal portfolios. One thing neither of us touched on there was super. Mm-hmm. How do you think about super in terms of your portfolio? I, I think about super in the same way that I think about 
my personal investing portfolio, which is I want it dialed up to the most aggressive growth uh, mix of assets that you can get. Mm. I think my portfolio um, reflects that at the moment. Through Host Plus, you can go in and fiddle around with a few things and I've done that and it's it's as aggressive as I can get it. Um, I would like to take a bit more control of it and I think there's a few products coming to market soon that will allow us to do that. But for me, I'm not trying to protect that capital. I'm fortunate enough that we're at an age where we've got a, a decent amount in there now that, you know, if you let it compound over a long period of time, it's going to be a meaningful amount yeah. when I'm 60, 75 years old. And uh, when I get to that stage, I'll start thinking about how to protect it because uh, I'm going to need to live off it, uh, hopefully. And uh, for now, though, it's it's max growth. Yeah. But you can't overlook super. I think you need to pay attention to it and you need to think about it depending on where you are within your investing journey. But don't forget that you've got super. It's in your power to, to do something about it. And uh, it's a pretty powerful tool. Yeah. For me, it's just about thinking about super as part of your portfolio. Like, if you're if you're saying I want to be super high growth in my personal investing and then your super is set to the most defensive setting, maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe you're like, because there's a lot of risk in what I'm doing, I want to be defensive in my super. If you've thought about it and that's your choice, that's fine. But to just not think about it is silly. Yeah. And like vice versa, you know, my folks nearing retirement, they're um, being quite conservative if they're super set to super high growth because they just haven't looked at it for 20 years and that's what they put it out 20 years ago, that's dumb. Yeah. So you just got to think about it as part of your portfolio. You got to make the decision about how it's invested. If you want to take more control, that's great, but ev- everyone should at least take the minimum control of looking at how much fees they're paying and what setting it's set at in terms of aggressive, defensive or balanced. Absolutely. Well, that is a, a nice way to finish uh, our assets class. Um, we've done three episodes touching on assets, asset classes, some of the key characteristics, how you can invest in them through the share market, how you think about building a portfolio and uh, closing out with a, a little bit of a high level view on what we're investing in. So plenty to uh, plenty to consider and mull over. Again, if you have just started get starting investing at this point, we would highly recommend you go back and listen to the first episode and continue on through there as we've built this podcast in a way that everything builds on one another. So uh, make sure you go back and listen from the start. Uh, guaranteed, you'll start feeling more confident about where you're at on your investing journey. But Ren, always good to chat. We'll Sounds pick good. it up next week. Sounds good. Get Started Investing is a product of Equity Bates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.